Welcome to Roadmap and our latest episode. Today's podcast is One Job, Many Jobs, and a tale of two of our grads, Polly and Dave, 10 years on since joining Auto Trader as bright eyed and bushy tailed grads circa 2012. Both now leaders in our products and tech community. Can't get that out. So, hi, Polly. Hi. And hi, Dave. Hello. So, joining as a grad, it seems absolute a lifetime ago. I think I bumped into both of you at Cranwich Hall, some grad celebration, um, all very glitzy back then. Um, But linking back to those heady days, so why did you join Auto Trader as a grad? Dave. Oh, Polly. Well, okay. So for me, it was actually all down to um, Sarah Brooks Pierce, who was the, or still is, our future talent manager. Um, I went to Armitage Hall um, Careers Fair as a sort of um, graduating person and saw Sarah. She had some good swag. And I think for me, I was interested in tech, but all of the other tech places were like just men in like suits representing them. Whereas Autotrader had Sarah and she's uh, very approachable, really bubbly. And she just sort of like hooked me in. And then that was that sort of thing, really. And when, when was that? When did you actually join as a grad, Polly? Um, so I joined in 2012. So it will have been early on in that year when I wow. went to that careers fair. And what about yourself, Dave? Why, why Autotrader and when did you join? I'm actually a bit of a rarity at Autotrader in that I'm a massive car geek. And so my graduate application process was pretty much going through any car website, finding their careers area and looking for a graduate opportunity and then applying. Um, so that's how I ended up applying for wow. Trader. And it was just the year prior to Polly that I joined as a grad. So okay. 12 years. Wow. So I think you're the first person I've actually spoke to that said they came because they're a, a car enthusiast. Yeah, th- there aren't loads of us. We're a rare breed, surprisingly, at Auth Trader. Um, but we've got a, a strong little community. Oh, is that on Slack, is it? It is on Slack. Okay, cool. Um, and when you joined, did you did you both have a plan, like what you wanted to be when you grew up? Or was it a case of, well, Dave, it sounds like anything to do with cars? Uh, did I have a plan? Yes. Was it well considered? Absolutely not. <laughs> and if you'd asked me what my plan was back then... In fact, I, kn- I know what my answer would have been. It would have been, I want to be a sales director and I want to earn loads of money, which would it, which is the wrong answer because I would be an awful sales director um, and that doesn't feel like the healthiest of motivations. And actually, I remember someone else on my grad scheme being a product manager and they tried to explain what it was and I had I just didn't understand it. I'm not sure I do understand it now, but I certainly didn't understand it back then. Yeah. So is that what you joined as? You joined as a sales grad, did you? Yeah, I joined as a sales grad. So I was in our London office in Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, There were only two of the grads at that point based in London, and I was working with our account directors supporting our manufacturers. Cool. So car manufacturers, advertising and North Trader, basically. Didn't know that. What about yourself, Polly? So what did you, you join at? Where did, at which area did you come in? Uh, so I joined as a software um, graduate, like a software engineer graduate, yeah. um, back in the Newton Willow days. Um, so like outskirts of Manchester in the middle of nowhere, which was always fun to get to. Um, but I'd done maths at university, so sort of had no software engineering background at all um but had done a little bit of programming as part of my degree and then like I say met Sarah and she was like oh you don't need loads of experience come on come on down um and yeah so joined as a software developer right I I remember those days because the offices are quite different back then the Newton office it depends when you 
turn up to it if you turned up when the farms have been muck spreading <laughs> just absolutely stank well as someone from the countryside i i don't dislike that smell personally it's it's rural it's it's nice it was a shock coming from london and then being hit with that but yeah. i like to go out into the countryside so did, you, did you both relocate then for the for the roles or were you based in london and manchester I, I was based in manchester so i came to uni in manchester and then just sort of like never left yeah um so yeah going to newton was a bit of a um was a bit of a nightmare so when we moved into central manchester it was great because obviously it was yeah much closer nicer offices so yeah what about yourself Dave? did you move to london for the role or were you already there no i did i moved to london um i was living in solihull so in the midlands and yeah i moved down south i had no intention um or aspiration to move to london at all but I'm now very happy that I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were talking beforehand, we were saying it's interesting because you look on your CVs and you've you've had one job, auto trader since since babies, and it's something I think because you both do talks outside of work is people have gone like one job, but has it been one job, or have you traversed the different career paths while you've been here, Polly? Yeah, definitely um, feels like lots of different jobs. I think even, so for myself, I was in um, tech for, what, like eight years? So I was a graduate, and then um, by the time I stopped being in tech, I was a um, tech lead. And even just being a you know a technical person, like a technical lead, it felt like I had multiple jobs. You'd work on different teams. You'd be on the consumer side of the business, or you'd be on the retailer side of the business, Um Autotrader itself changed a lot in like 2013, 2014, like culturally, like physically, like location wise when we moved to Manchester. So there's been so many different changes, both as a, yeah organization, but then even within your role, like depending on which bit of the business you're working in, it feels quite different. It's yeah. different concerns, different things that you're like prioritizing for. So yeah, it feels like I've had a lot of different jobs. Yeah. yeah. And Dave, what about yourself? Does it similar feeling? It is a similar feeling. I guess I have had a few different jobs because I started in sales, like I said, um, which was which is wildly different to what I do today. And then I moved into data analysis, uh, like an insight, sharing sharing insights with our customers to allow them to make the most of their advertising and North Trader. And then I moved into product. Um, and then within product, like like Polly says, even when you're in the same job, you end up doing very different roles depending on the, the project or the product or, or even just um, the life cycle of the product yeah. that you're working on. So, yeah, it's been very, very varied. Yeah, and this, the sort of the hops you made, was that something that you were looking for those opportunities or did someone you know, open a door and say, this might be an avenue you want to you wanna go down? So from sales to data analysis and insight, that was definitely something that I actively went after right. um it was pretty clear early on that sales was probably not where i was gonna <laughs> add the most why? value let's say why uh i can see you smiling so i'm interested now <laughs> god do i want to admit this so there was there was a day when i got a phone call off um one of our sales directors who's still in the business and they said i've just had a call from one of our customers and they said that it sounds like you don't care and I was like, oh, that's not the intention at all. But um, it just, it was, I wasn't motivated by right. it. It wasn't something yeah, that yeah. fulfilled me. Yeah. So it meant that I wasn't, you know, we talk about bringing your best self to work. I wasn't bringing my best self to work because it wasn't the right job for me. Yeah. Um, so I 
lent into the area of that job that I did enjoy, which was the data and the and the more analytical side of things. Yeah. So I sought out that job, and that did suit me much better. I enjoyed it a lot more. I was adding more value, yeah. um, and I joined customer meetings from a completely different yeah, perspective. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. But then the move into product that was that wasn't something that I really actively sought out. It what actually happened was my role as a data uh, analyst was made redundant. So I was made redundant, but it wasn't like a personal thing. It was the whole team was made redundant because yeah. they were relocating from London to Manchester. Uh, but they didn't, didn't necessarily want to get rid of the people. So I was given a new role in the London office, but it was back in a more customer-facing role, which yeah. was not perfect for me. So I started looking at different avenues and different exploring different things because i had a lot of passion for auto trader as a as a car geek um maybe i'm jumping ahead a bit here but what i so what i did was i pulled together a pitch for us to focus on classic cars something that again something i've got a bit of a passion for um and the product director at the time basically said i like i like the pitch we're not going to do it but um, you've demonstrated a lot of the skills that we'd like in a product manager. And we've just had an opportunity come up, which is in new cars, like completely the opposite of classic cars. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about taking that on? And I was just like, yeah, brilliant. That so sounds when, like so a lot when, when was that, Dave? So if you joined as a grad, 2011, was it? Yeah. It was so when, when was the first hop into data analysis i'm not very good with uh dates but maybe moving in into the data analysis was 18 months in right so, so that really i'd got like quite bit, fairly, quite early on really fairly early on yeah um it was still customer facing but the, with the data focus and then it was maybe two or three years later that um i moved into product right. so it's probably like six six ish years ago wow what about self poly i mean like we worked together when you were Back in your your tech days, we did quite a lot of work together. So when did when did you start moving further up the tech ladder, and then decided that maybe you were going to go for a sideways hop? So working in product was really not something that I'd ever really thought about. Um, I really enjoyed like being an engineer, and I enjoyed like that role loads. Um, and it was actually an old colleague, like a product lead that I worked with, who was um, leaving the business, who had said to me like, "Oh, do you not think like you should do this?" Like you seem like you really like it you sort of like have loads of good ideas or whatever um and I was like oh no don't be silly like I, I definitely don't want that I want to stick in tech um and I guess like just having that conversation with him it got me sort of thinking like you know you sort of subconsciously think about things um and I decided yeah like a bit like what you were saying sorry Dave with the um like leaning into the bits of the role that you like yeah I started thinking like well what do I really enjoy about my role and there's kind of two main bits to it sort of like the people and then I did actually realized i really enjoyed the more producty bits of my role as a tech lead um i enjoyed all the other bits as well but they were probably like the two sort of like highlights and i guess over the course of quite a while to be honest like like 18 months maybe even two years i started thinking more and more about it and decided to yeah consciously take that move and like ask can i move into like a product role i think yeah i'd like to do it and to begin with it was more like a informal like yeah you're leading on this product but you're still technically the tech lead as well which was great it's like all the power of the things um but <laughs> that wasn't necessarily the best thing um so then yeah over time sort of it became a bit more official yeah. switch was so it's a, so a lot later in your so what a trader career you made that yeah yeah move. so I'd been um 
I think I was a tech lead maybe from like 2015. Um, I moved into product in, I think, 2020, maybe 2021. Right. My memory is also a little bit hazy, yeah. but a couple of years ago. Yeah. And did you find, Dave, did you find then, obviously you'd, you'd done the pitch and then the new car role sort of opened up. How did you find the transition across from your, from your previous role? Dramatic. <laughs> Uh, what do you mean but like was it was it like a shock to the system oh, it was a massive shock right mostly positive but right. it, even just in as much as i used to be in the london office all the time sat with the data analysts or the sales team and you're in you know that i wasn't exposed so much to the the, the tech teams in yeah in the manchester office so even just coming up to manchester was quite a big shock it's like this massive office, loads yeah. of people that I'd never met before, working with new people, tiny new role, um, loads of stuff that I didn't understand. So it was quite daunting, but I was lucky that I had a really good manager, good mentor, um, working with fantastic people, um, a lot of them who are still here. So it made that transition. Although it was daunting, it was about as easy as it could have been. Yeah. And what was the hardest, what was the hardest thing, you know, if you're looking back, was it like, you know, playing with the, in the top tech space. But what was it that was the, the most daunting or the one that, you know, you go home and have a right good think about when you got back from Manchester? Well, like I say, I think I was very lucky to be working with brilliant people. So actually I didn't, although initially it may have been uh, very daunting, I didn't leave feeling anxious. I was very naive because I didn't understand products and tech at all. Uh, but to some degree, I think that was a strength of mine because some people had been here for a long time and had very strong views of what was and wasn't possible. Yeah. I was coming in and everything was possible to me because <laughs> yeah. I had no idea where the barriers were. Um, so that was I ended up being a real strength. And the people I was working with acknowledged that I had none of this experience. So they would explain things to me in a way right. that I would absolutely understand it, not at all in a patronizing way, just in simple terms so it made my life very easy and I think they valued that I was coming in from a completely different perspective yeah you know bringing that customer knowledge and experience and exposure in a way that a lot of the people in that team wouldn't have had um so we both both sides of that equation had our own sort of strengths and weaknesses if you like yeah but it seems like it was very different for you Polly obviously already working in products and tech and being a tech lead how did you find your sort of starting to transition into more on the product side was that a was it a bumpy ride or do you feel it went really smoothly I wouldn't say really smoothly no um I think a lot of it is always for me like it's like a personal thing so like not being a tech lead anymore felt like not like a failure but I felt like I was going to miss it like I was gonna like I didn't want to step away from that role because I really enjoyed it but then I wanted to maybe explore something new as well so it was like the internal battle of is it the right move like yeah are you doing the right thing which I think probably a lot of people can uh, relate to but then I think when you're actually in the role similar again Dave like there's so much you don't know like as someone who had obviously worked with a lot of product leads I had a kind of like an idea of what a good product person would do and I was definitely able to sort of draw on some of that stuff and take it into like me as a product person but there's so much stuff that you're like oh god like am I meant to know all of these things that I don't um and yeah feeling like a little bit of like that imposter in the room like all of these people have got loads of product experience like they've been doing it for years like like really successful and I'm coming in just sort of 
yeah not actually knowing like what the role is and like it is one of those things that I don't think is that well defined because everyone sort of has their own version of it um but probably about 18 months ago we had a product team meeting I guess um and we all sort of shared like our roots into product and it became really apparent basically that no one no one's done like a product degree nobody knows like no one has the textbook um, teachings of what that is everyone was like come to it in their own different way everyone's got their own version of it and that just made me like it was a real light bulb moment that there isn't like a right or a wrong way it's like a set of principles that everyone wants to work towards and then you bring your own experiences to it so for myself with that technical background that's something that other people don't have it doesn't mean everyone else in product needs that it just means that my version of product is a little bit different yeah. and I think that just really made me feel a lot more like confident in the role and a bit more like relaxed as well and yeah not that imposter but actually just like my own unique version of it so yeah i think it makes us a better product team as well because everyone's, yeah, everyone's got different strengths and yeah absolutely it's much yeah. more balanced yeah i know we've got like, lots of different products but i'm really interested in our bit left field question but obviously being a tech lead and then working with tech leads how do you find how do you find that i'm talking from my personal experience with delivery mm. i always find it's a little bit weird when people are doing something like well oh, do it slightly different than that <laughs> like how do you how do you sort of control that bit of not leaning too far in but then again building on your experiences yeah i think again i've sort of been around people who have maybe sort of done a similar sort of transition and then not relinquish some of that um sort of tech capacity so then it can like lead to some frustrations within the team like you need to have your your defined roles don't you so I think having maybe seen some of that afar um I was able to sort of really take that on board of like I can't be wearing two hats you've got to like stick to your stick to your thing and like trust and work with others to do like their bit so I've never really been tempted to just sort of like dust my fingers off and be like oh I'll just I'll just go in and like do that bit of code and I've never really had that massive desire um and you know like we've got so many really strong tech leads like I'm keen to like work with them like collaborate with them and sort of trust them to sort of lead that bit so I've I've not really felt the I don't think I've stepped on anyone's toes and I've been like really conscious not to do that I think the one frustration well yeah feel free to ask and the one frustration is when like you know that the code has got the answer and like before you were just like open IntelliJ find it out and it's like it's dead easy you can just do it whereas now you've got to rely on other people for that a little bit but I do still have my GitHub access so I can have a little uh, sneaky peek if I want but again like I work with such good people it's not often I need to yeah do that I've got to say I wish that I had that capability yeah, yeah. so many times I'd want to just do something if I could do it I'd probably go and d- build it release it get it out <laughs> it would be a disaster good luck with, yeah. that. Good yeah. luck with that so what is it like you know when you fall back on your previous career or strengths is it is it going in back into the data side or is it that actually liaising with customers or manufacturers What what is it that Polly's obviously got a tech background what is mm. it where, that's one of your like sort of superpowers Gosh. if any I'm not sure I've got any superpowers, on, to be honest. Dave. I think maybe the, the the customer knowledge is definitely helpful. Yeah. Um, but having not spent loads of time with, at least certainly not to the same extent that I used to, um, I can still lean on it, but not to the extent that I would have. Now yeah. I think bringing our customer-facing people into the sessions is, is really important yeah. to get... Um, get that view firsthand particularly as the market's just moved on so much yeah. in the last well in even in the last 12 months but certainly in the last five five years uh i do still 
do some analysis but when i do that i usually have to sense check it with someone more capable to make sure that i've not made some fundamental mistakes um but yeah it's probably the the data analysis side now brings a like a commercial angle as well which helps with the balance between our commercial goals our consumer goals our customer goals so yeah i guess it helps me strike the right balance yeah and what about your interest in cars honestly because i didn't know that and now i'm like i'm intrigued does that play into the whole new car and looking at Mm. different models or is it a case of you are into classic so it doesn't play a role at all i'm into i'm into pretty much all cars it is it is helpful there are conversations where it is helpful but but honestly in a lot of cases it's actually it's not a weakness as long as long as you're aware of it but most people aren't like me right if auto trader was built for people like me as in a career no, I mean the website. Oh, the website. If right. the website was built for people like me, it would be super <laughs> geeky. Like it would not work for most people. So I have to be very conscious that my views and approaches are geared towards the one percent, like yeah. the real car geeks. Whereas we need to make sure that we're building experiences for the ninety nine percent. Yeah. Um. So that experience or knowledge in cars is helpful. Yeah. But you have to be very conscious that I'm weird. We are a Villa fan. I'm a Villa fan. fan. European football next year. Oh, great. Um, (laughs) Thinking, though, like wider, so obviously 10 years or 12 years or whatever it is on since joining. So what other other hats do you wear at Auto Trader? I mean, Polly, I know you do a lot in the the networks as well as your previous tech role and then moving to product, you, you wear other hats. Yeah, so um, I'm a co-lead of our women's network. Um, so I've been sort of involved with women's network since we started all of our like employee network groups back in like 2016. Um, and I think they were just a great way of sort of, you know, growing outside of your role. So when I was in tech, you don't have loads of opportunities, example for like, I don't know, um, managing events, like unsurprisingly. Um, whereas if you're like part of the women's network, you can sort of like do different things. So that's why I initially got involved with that and obviously super passionate about the, like women in tech and sort of equality and equity. Um, so yeah, women's network, we, I'm part of like um, an employee engagement guild, which is really interesting because we sort of get with the um, board every quarter and sort of share um, stuff about how people are feeling about different topics or um, like employee sentiment based on our employee engagement um, surveys, things like that. Um, I'm a contributor and avid scroller of 80 pets. Uh, I don't know if that counts, but it's uh, yeah, like that. Um, so yeah, I just try and get involved with different stuff. I think there's always yeah. so much going on at Auto Trader. Like, yeah, you have your role, but I think we all need a little bit of downtime from that and sort of like a little bit of sort of, yeah, something different to think about and focus on. Um, and there's always like different stuff going on. So yeah, yeah I like to get involved with different things. What about yourself, Dave? Anything you, uh, wider curricula you get involved in or? Pro- well, not adding quite so much value as Polly, but maybe more in line with the AT Pets channel. Um, I'm in the photography club channel on Slack oh, and uh, the AT car club, which is where the, which is where the car is that keys. a closed group? Is it? That's where we hang out. Um, and the Dave Guild. And the Dave Guild. Yeah. At one point, Dave was the most popular name author trader, so we created Seriously? a guild. Yeah. And I, I, I still, is it still like a a popular name, Dave? I think it's quite popular. Um, we just haven't sat people in alphabetical first name order for a while, so I don't know if we, we've had a current read on it, but um, that's how it was initiated, wasn't it? it was that was quite good. I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but very short story. 
at one of the conferences, they did just that. They organized people by first name to randomize where people <laughs> oh, were sat. I remember that. And so you're I all sat at the table and we were oh, hi, I'm Dave. Oh, I'm Dave as well. <laughs> he's Dave. He's Dave. He's Dave. And there three was and three. Three tables. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Quite good fun. No, I love that. No, it is super interesting. But so going back to the women's network then, Polly. So how did you find balancing the, I'm not going to call it extra quickly, I don't mean that, but the sort of the community side of the role whilst moving from tech into product? Because that's obviously a lot to to balance while trying to learn a new trade or discipline. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was ever anything super um, well thought out. I think it's just something that I've always been committed to. And like you talk to your manager and people around you about, those commitments that are really important to you it is one of my sort of like formal commitments that I make on a you know quarterly yearly basis um so it was never really like a oh like you might not have time for that in your new role it's like you as a as a co-lead of a network like that is a like a serious commitment you're making to the business um to the culture so it's you know how can we make sure that the new role can also encompass that um so yeah I think it's just part of like yeah like the part of the day job like it is something really important you sort of um two hours a week I think is our official commitment that like you know as a business we make towards that um so yeah it's just just part and parcel yeah so there's no time where you had to like sort of drop down a little bit to then come back it was always you you were able to remain pretty constant with the with the network stuff I think there's always like ebbs and flows so I think communication is always super important like between myself and whoever I'm co-leading with um so at the moment like myself and Rebecca will talk about like oh like how are you fixed for time like do you want me to lean into this this month or you know vice versa so I think it's always something that um yeah allowances can be made but yeah that's that sort of serious commitment it is something really important to me so yeah I might need to miss this particular meeting but I'm always going to be there next time because um yeah it's a priority yeah and again looking back a decade looking forward I like doing a bit of look forward looking just to like tap into your aspirations for a bit of inspiration myself so what's the kind of things you want to be getting involved with next I'm gonna go to Dave like if you could look forward a little uh Mystic Meg Ball is a particular areas you want to get more involved in or particular product streams that are coming online that maybe are going to be of super interest to you I think the the biggest thing that's is in the industry but also in the product product world is the shift to online sales and in new car particularly more manufacturers are now trying to sell cars online directly and so that's that's a pretty exciting challenge for yeah. Trader, the role that we can play uh, in that sort of dynamic and in that new industry. And manufacturers are forging new ground by doing this, um, and it's only just starting now. So we're trying to find our feet, work out the role that we need to play in that space. And, um, yeah, some of the new products that we're going to need to build are going to be pretty exciting to be involved in. Yeah. What about yourself, Polly? Yeah, it's really difficult, isn't it, to try and think about 10 years yeah, in the yeah. future, thinking about how much auto trader, but also like the automotive industry has changed in 10 years. I don't think we would have imagined we'd be here 10 years ago. I was going to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> Day's shaking his head. But I think for me, um, it does just feel like there's there's a lot of change going to be coming. Like I think electric vehicles and the sort of change in buying cycle that that's likely to present, um, like the rise of online sales. I think a lot is going to be changing for our retailers. And I think being sort of part of that, like 
we talk about a partnership approach or a trader between us and our retailers our customers um i think yeah sort of helping them and sort of thinking like what efficiencies can we help them um achieve like what can we do to sort of really lean into that space and make sure that they will be successful and still like as successful as they are today in 10 years time i think that really excites me because things a lot is going to change in that time um and hopefully we can yeah do quite a lot to sort of help them sort of evolve as we evolve yeah and is is product still like still the avenue you want to pursue in or is it like going into senior leadership well because again you come from grads sound like you both had well very different paths in very different aspirations dave was all about sales and cash 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 and polly's was uh about getting into the tech so do you still still see see yourselves in the next five plus years working in the product family or is there other disciplines you're particularly interested in just thinking about those squiggly hops Mm. or is it a case of actually you've now found your your home and that is product i think the way that polly sort of uh spoke about it earlier that there is no defined box that you need to sit in as a as a working in product or trader it allows you to flex in different directions um quite naturally depending on the products that you're working on so i don't feel any i'm very happy in product i don't feel any desire to move outside of product it allows you to lean into marketing um you know you're in a position where you can contribute towards what they might be doing or thinking or how we are presented um so yeah i I can absolutely see myself staying in product, but but flexing, you know, in, in yeah, different yeah. directions and uh, gaining experience from different areas of the business. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I I think product is so um, broad. Like, there's so many different things you can do within the role, and like the things that I've done in my last couple of years. I'm sure will be different things again over the next few. I think, like, definitely, um, sort of like growing the sort of like the influence the product portfolio I think all of those things would be great to do um and I think right now I miss like that people element um that I used to have as like a tech lead you had like multiple people you'd be like managing coaching and all that sort of stuff so I do a little bit of coaching now but I'd love to do just more stuff with people because I think the highlights of my career so far have been when it's been about like people development and sort of helping them achieve their goals so I'd love to weave a bit more of that into what I do on sort of like a day-to-day um but other than that I think yeah Yeah. just like is that one of the big things you missed from your previous level the the people leadership yeah definitely and I think like people early on in their careers um and just sort of like really helping them sort of figure out what they want to do so I'm still actively involved with sort of um you know volunteering in schools and sort of reaching out to young people and trying to get them thinking about sort of tech as a career and but then like when they come in like yeah I don't have as many um sort of touch points I guess so yeah doing more like people management or just like helping people figure out what it is that they want to do and helping them develop the skills and the yeah the next steps would be great yeah well yourself Dave in terms of people leadership I mean is that something you want to grow your sort of influence in as well um people leadership is quite new to me actually is it yeah it's fairly new um i am enjoying it i think polly mentioned earlier about uh the the feeling of moving into product and feeling like a bit of an imposter and i think sometimes you can feel like that as a people leader too working with people that are very capable very competent and you think how am i adding value here (laughs) you know totally get it um so it's uh it's something that i'm i'm still getting to grips with but i'm really enjoying it and i think 
as as Polly said, you get a lot of satisfaction from working with people that are very capable, very confident, yeah. uh, competent and confident and are delivering a lot of value. Yeah. And how involved do you get nowadays in, seeing as you've been, you've been here since you were 21, with early careers and our grad recruitment? Is that something, you talked about school and going out the, with outreach, but do you get involved in any of the grad programme areas now or, you know, is that something that you want to get involved in or are doing a bit or is it something just haven't got time for right now? Um, so we don't we don't recruit for graduate product roles. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's probably why we don't, well, maybe I don't get involved with it as much. Like certainly when I was a tech lead, you'd get involved in like the grads, yeah. uh, software developer days. Um, but yeah, a lot of the stuff I get involved with now, it, it is more like that school level, like we're doing these um, curiosity camps next year. So again, like Sarah's going to be leading on that from that future talent um, bit. So yeah, a lot of it's like more like the schools and doing the volunteering there, not so much with the grads once they get in, which is, um, yeah, I'd like to get involved a bit more with that stuff. Yeah, because it does feel like you both have had either the door opened or someone pointed towards the door. So how do you think we can help like people that are, have joined Auto Trade in the last few years of finding their route potentially into a new careers, whether it be in, into tech or into product, from potentially like sales and other areas that we, we heavily recruit from a grad perspective and early careers? These are things we could be doing more. I think it's all about sort of you, you don't know what you don't know yeah um so we've had people sort of like within the business who were doing like non like strictly technical roles like maybe a little bit technical focus but not like software developers who have then sort of gone on a development um apprenticeship so i think the more we can promote things like that and just let everyone know that these things are available the more likely people are going to be aware of it um so yeah i think it's definitely like the role modeling the storytelling like sharing the fact that people have had sort of squiggly careers and sort of making it a bit more norm rather than it be seen as yeah like not a good thing to change your role I think it definitely is a real positive and at Autotrader like it's all about the people like if you've got good people you want to keep them you want to help them progress into whatever it is that makes them their full what did you say earlier Dave bring your full self to work so whatever it is that helps them do that I think yeah we're committed to helping it so just letting people know about the opportunities I guess yeah and when you look back then, go back to your early careers as grads, what sort of advice would you give you yourselves at this point? If you could wind back time, whether either to accelerate the moves you made or is it a case of I'd follow the same path exactly again? Um, I was probably pretty confident, less cocky as a grad. Um, <laughs> I can't see that, Dave. I would probably tell myself there's no there's no shortcut for experience you, you can't shortcut experience but value all of the experience that you get good or bad and i do yeah. remember you know everyone has more challenging times in their career but actually a lot of those more challenging times have made me much better at my role now whether it's doing jobs that didn't really suit me it's really valuable to learn that that is not something i enjoy or where i add the most value or um earlier much earlier on in my career when i've had managers that weren't fantastic you can learn from the things that they've done badly you'll never make that mistake and so it will make you a better manager so i guess i would tell myself value all of this experience so early in your career you don't need to race to sales director or whatever yeah. i thought i wanted um value all of that experience because it'll it'll 
make you a better manager and and add much more value learn about what you actually want to do yeah was there any point though dave when it sounded like you know when things weren't going quite to plan Mm. that you thought this just this just isn't for me full stop or did you always have that glimmer because you talk like positively about the you know the harder lessons do you always have a glimmer that 80 was still for you even when it was tough oh yeah absolutely 80 was absolutely for me and i think you know when i talk about being made redundant like i say it was just that team was made redundant and we were looked after and they found this new role so actually as much as that could have been a a really difficult experience it was made fairly positive as positive as it could possibly be um and never lose sight of your goal classic cars now has a home on north trader this whole thing's been a ruse to get that classic car page live um so yeah i mean i probably i would have found it difficult at the time but looking back it, yeah. it was actually a really valuable experience yeah. no i i'd sort of get you where you're coming from like i've had some shockers in the past and scars from it but it does all add up in in time what about yourself polly if you could go back to that maths grad who i think i met a couple of weeks in and um then we didn't meet again for a few years what would you say to yourself if you could go back to 2012 i think yeah i don't know i think i definitely wouldn't sort of change sort of the path that i took i think i've had a lot of really good experiences along the way um i think maybe just a little bit more time to reflect i think like having that conversation um, with an ex-colleague who was like, oh yeah, I think you'd be really good at product. That sort of sparked me to actually spend some time thinking about what I enjoyed, what I, like, I wanted to do more of. And that's probably something I should have been thinking about anyway. Yeah. Um, and looking back and like reflecting on like my career to that point as well, like if I had sort of taken a step back, taken a little bit of time to really reflect on what I'm enjoying, what I'm not enjoying, where I need to actually, you know, have a conversation about, you know making something different i think if i just yeah spent more time to reflect and actually have that more holistic view then i probably could have made some more sort of positive changes at different points so yeah definitely sort of carving that time out to just sit there and think um like yeah what do you enjoy what do you not enjoy what is it you're like aiming for rather than i think sometimes we just you just go 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 and you don't really think about what the direction is or where that end goal is or yeah what you're really enjoying what you're not um yeah so yeah. yeah but it's hard to take that time out and, and reflect isn't it especially when things are just full on yeah but i do always think that you get so much out of it that it makes you work more efficiently or you know smarter like you don't want to be a busy fool do you so like yeah taking that little bit of time to pause really think about it um even if it's like an hour like you can just come back with a much more efficient plan i think and yeah more yeah. considered and is that something you're able to do? Feel like you've you've learned over time how to how to actively reflect and then and then move on from situations like leave a leave the sort of the baggage at home like sort of thing. I try to. Um, I think like definitely like myself ten years ago. I'm a very different person. Um, but yeah, leaving stuff at home. I think that's a difficult thing because you you can't do that can you like you, yeah. you at work you are you you're not I don't believe in this whole two different versions of yourself like you're always you um and I think it's not about trying to dismiss anything but learn from it grow from it and yeah. sort of like take that forward so yeah trying to be more reflective and sort of carve that time out where you need it I think is something I try to do but yeah like you say you're busy so it's it's hard to do but um yeah have it at the back of your mind to try and prioritize cool that's brill. 
So, anything else you'd like to sort of throw out there in terms of any future joiners for Art Trader that might be listening in? Don't I was I would say don't um, don't think you know what Art Trader is because yeah I don't own a car I've never owned a car I don't particularly like cars. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're like the antithesis today. Yeah, exactly. Like so. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to be a car geek to um, work at Auto Trader, and I think, yeah, don't don't write us off until you you sort of know, like, yeah, what it is. Um, and I think Auto Trader's culture is great. Obviously, I don't have loads to compare it to because I haven't worked yeah. somewhere else. Um, but just by the amount of people who sort of like leave and come back, you can see. I just saw someone earlier who was on my graduate program who's just come back. No um, way. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Um, it's nice. It's like it's one of those you can, um, yeah, you can take the person out of Auto Trader, but you can't take the Auto Trader out of the person. Maybe. And Dave, you, you'd be going. It is a place for car geeks if you really want to be here. Well, it. it it can certainly accommodate car geeks. Yeah, yeah. I'd echo absolutely what um, what Polly just said there. And I think the fact that we're both still here more than a decade on. Yeah, yeah. You know, the door's not locked. We can leave. But we're, but <laughs> we're sure? still here. <laughs> I haven't checked. No. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, evidence in itself that it, it's uh, a great place to work. Yeah. And it's, cha- it's changed so much over the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's... So, yeah, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Anyway, thanks to you both. Good to have you in the room. Um, taking time out your busy schedules um hope you've had as much fun as i have like grilling you um and thanks for listening and the listeners tuning for the next episode soon Thank catch you. you later